Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right? Hello and welcome to Superman Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies the Christopher Reeve Superman movies five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly. And joining me, as always, on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Howdy, Chris. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. We are taking another break from our look at Superman 3. Not that uh, we really need a lot of instigation to do that, but we're, <laughs> doing, we're, we're, we're here to present another special episode. Uh, if, uh, if any of you have been paying attention to the Superman Movie Minute Twitter feed, uh, you'll notice that we have been retweeting uh, a lot of uh, stuff related to a brand new documentary called Valerie. And this documentary, as you might imagine, is about the great Valerie Prine, a.k.a. Miss Tessmacher. And joining us to talk about this documentary is the director, Stacy Souther. Hi, Stacy. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, this is a... I know we've been trying to do this for a minute, and I, I love everything you guys do, so it's an honor to be on here with you guys. It's an honor for us to have you on, because, like I said, we both... I really enjoy the documentary. And of course, we've been able to interact here and there with Valerie, which is just a thrill beyond thrills. I mean, you know, when I was seven years old watching Superman in the theater, I didn't have any conception that I would one day ever get to talk to anybody in that movie. because <laughs> It seems like a magical <laughs> thing. And so it's just been great. And of course, you know, this, we're going to talk about this documentary, but let's, let's, you know what, let's just start right off the bat. Like, how did you first encounter Valerie Prine on film? Oh, on film? Uh, well, I think we're all about the, you know, you, I'm the same age around, you know, we're in the same age group. And the first thing I remember, I mean, of course, I didn't know who she was, but it would have been Superman. You know, the whole Miss Tessmacher. There was just something, I think, I don't, I don't think I saw it at the theater, but I know I saw it when they did the whole free HBO weekends that they used to do. I remember and, that. Uh, and I know I saw it there, and I, I remember I remember thinking as a kid, I mean, I'm, you know, I was like seven or something, just thinking, wow, who is that? I mean, <laughs> that right there, I mean, it didn't matter. Like, I just was drawn to her even then, you know? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. We, Rob and I have talked about that many times, you know, uh, if it wasn't the movie itself, then the, the Superman Treasury editions, the movie books and, and things like that, definitely. Uh, the, the, uh, the very photogenic Valerie Perrine, of course. Uh, so how did you come to actually meet her? Oh, that's a good story. <laughs> so <laughs> Valerie and I live in the same neighborhood and in 2006, uh, springtime, let, let me give you this piece first. I used to see her, she has a 1973 Suburban that she bought right, uh, after she did Slaughterhouse Five. She had this huge Suburban. And it's, you know, it's red with these white, you know, this amazing white stripe down the side. It's all original. And I used to see her, see this lady backing it out of her apartment building. 
She had her big floppy hat on, the big sunglasses. You know, if you know Valerie, that's her trademark anyway. But I would see her pulling out, and I had this whole idea. I thought I gave her a backstory. I thought, oh, you know, she must have, uh, her husband must have passed away. That's, she probably drives that, you know, the reminder of him. And, you know, I could tell she was a good looking woman. And boy, was I far, far off the truth about Valerie then. But no, we met walking dogs, actually. We <laughs> bumped into each other, you know, kind of chatted sort of for a second. And then we, we bumped into each other like a week later. And we started talking and she, talking and she invited me to go on this secret hike that she would go on and uh, with her dog and to take my dog. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. And I was like, what do you do? And cause I had no idea who she was. I just didn't know. She was like, Oh, I'm an actress. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then this is before smartphones. So she was giving me her email address at the time. And this will tell you how long ago it was. It was a hotmail address. <laughs> so, uh, so she, she tells me this thing, and then I said, you know what? I'm, I'm really bad with names. Can you tell me your name again? And then she goes, do you know what IMDB is? I was like, yeah, sure. Of course, I'm an actor. She's like, did you ever see the movie Lenny? I said, no, I kind of know what it is. You know, I, I didn't ever see it. And she literally goes, puts <sighs> up this big sigh and says, did you ever see Superman? I was like, yeah. And she goes, I was Miss Tessmacher. I was like, oh, okay, okay. I know who you were. I know who you were. <laughs> So that's how we kind of met. And then we just, uh, you know, we just became really fast, close, close friends from that. And I've just, uh, our relationship is if, if she had a son, it would be me. That's, that's how close we are. I see her more than, you know, I see her more than anybody. I see her like three, four times a day. I'm the last person to see her at night. Okay. I check on her at night and, and uh, you know, just make sure everything's cool. Did you go back after you'd met her that, that sort of first time, did you go back and like, check out a bunch of her movies at that point. I mean, I, I because I'm fascinated, like, Oh geez, what other stuff have I possibly seen her in? It, it was, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I, I'm, I kind of remember looking on IMDb and, you know, seeing stuff, but then we started what it is. We went on this crazy hike and, uh, Oh, uh, here's a funny little side note. I'd say a year or so before I met her, I had a really bad cold and I, I never, stop you know I always kind of keep going keep going and it was the weekend and I thought I'm just gonna chill out it was a Sunday I'm gonna watch movies on the couch like I want to feel better and I put Superman in which I'd seen you know a hundred times or something and I remember she came on at some point and I literally thought I wonder whatever happened to that lady (laughs) and she she lived a a, a, like a a half a block away from me wow so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i did look her up after we met and you know i got a little bit of who she was but i didn't really get the whole scope of of, of who she was and then we started you know i'd see her a lot i'd always be at her apartment you, you know we were hanging out a lot and uh she would say you know when i was a movie star she'd say she'd say stuff about being a movie star and i'm just kind of like okay whatever and then i really started you know i found out all about lenny and you know she won Cannes, she won the bath, but she's nominated for an Oscar. I found out all that stuff. And, and, you know, I didn't do a lot of research, but I, I just found out and I was like, wow, she's, you know, she's something special. As you were getting to know her, obviously you're seeing her in a movie. You're seeing her in a bunch of movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there something about her that you were like, wow, I didn't, this, I'm seeing a whole different side of this person than you would see in a, in a movie. I mean, that's sort of obvious because obviously she's acting, but I mean, what, what about her were drawn to each other? Uh, well, as, as friends. Well, I would say, um, 
part of it was a uh, we just we just got along really well, but also she was going through some medical stuff then, not not what she's going through now, but something totally different. And I uh, I would I would take her to doctors' appointments and things like that. I was just around her a lot, and she's you know she's really funny. I mean, especially anybody that that you know any of her friends from forever ago, anybody that knows her, the first thing they say there's nobody like her. She's the funniest person you've ever met. She says whatever, whatever's on her mind. Um, but yeah, we just kind of, I would say our relationship was just, I just spent so much time with her and we, we got along so well. And, and again, she was going through some, she'd had a back surgery is what it was. And it, it didn't really turn out very well. Mm-hmm. She was in constant, like excruciating pain for over like two years easy. Mm-hmm. So I was around through all that. You know, is this a thing where we were, we spent a lot of time together and I helped her out with a lot of things. So we just had, we just formed a bond. That's, that's interesting that you, you, you became friends with her kind of independent of not like, not as even as a fan, you didn't even realize who she was. I mean, that's, 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 that's you, you hear about, you know, the, how a lot of times how people become friends with celebrities and it's, it's almost usually something to do with the actual celebrity aspect of the person. But with you, it was really kind of the opposite. It was like you befriended her and then realized who she was. That's, Oh yeah. That's that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally we bumped into each other on the street, you know, I mean, (laughs) I, like I said, I had no idea. I mean, and it's, you know, it's not like, you know, it's just one of those things. I just didn't really, I hadn't really watched a bunch of her movies. You know, I'd seen Superman, but you know, I, I'd never seen Lenny. I'd never seen Slaughterhouse Five. I, 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 you know, I'd seen Cannonball Run. She has that one little piece in it, which every red-blooded American <laughs> guy loved that scene. Um, I said, you know, but again, I didn't know who she. I didn't. I didn't know that that was her. You know, everything that I I found out everything about her like after I got to know her. And believe me, once we get into this documentary talk <laughs> later on, I know everything about Valerie besides just personal stuff just going back and through archives and it's crazy uh so you were talking about the things you knew about her in the documentary um what you know her celebrity in some ways like started so young i mean you have that footage of valerie performing for the emperor of japan i mean that's that's amazing and i, I assume she had these home movies herself oh yeah i mean you couldn't you couldn't think it or you couldn't do a documentary about a better person just because she had so, she has so many archives. Like she has these filing cabinets and every movie is, you know, alphabetical. Then there's a Vegas and then everything like in her life is all in these things. You know, Superman has like six folders, you know, because of different things and all that. But I literally went through, I, I went through everything in her apartment. I found VHS tapes. Luckily, I, I wouldn't say I'm a hoarder. I'll say I'm, I think towards the future, I still had a VCR. And, you know, I had to go through all that stuff. And somebody had, uh, she'd had them, the actual film, she'd had it transferred to VHS tapes at some point. But she also had the films, like she had everything. So it was just a, a nice treasure trove of uh, archives to that, you know, I was lucky enough to find and lucky enough to use, you know, I mean, one thing that didn't make it in, in the movie was, um, cause it was going to be a feature and then we decided to make it a short just cause it'd be more powerful. I found a cassette tape of her and 
her hotel room in Miami uh, while she was shooting Lenny. And literally she's, it's like a, a, a diary, like a diary entry. She's recording on a tape recorder. She's drinking cognac or something. <laughs> He's a little tipsy, but she, it's like an 45 minutes of her talking about her, you know, life. But then it's, it's talking about Bob Fosse and Dustin Hoffman and the movie. And just, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, a, a it, it was a golden nugget that I wanted to use it and I just couldn't figure out how to use it in the, make it work in this, uh, in this, in this piece. But, but just stuff like that, you know, you never know what you're going to find. I mean, I found literally, I mean, she has papers from when she was uh, in, in elementary school and there's a paper she wrote an essay. She's in seventh or eighth grade. And it's, you know, it's all says like 1957 on it, like all that kind of stuff. And it says something like, uh, I want, uh, I want to be a Hollywood actress or something like it. it was, it was literally about, I want to, I want to be an actress. And I was like, Ooh, and it looks like it was done yesterday. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I guess we should backtrack a little bit. At what point did, did you decide to make a documentary about Valerie? What time, uh, you know, did you two decide to, to make the film? Well, after I got to know her early on this, and this isn't like documentaries now, you know, now documentaries are, huge they're they're white hot you know but i would say i know i started bringing it up probably around 2008 2009 if if i would have been a filmmaker at the time i would have i would have shot stuff i i fell into filmmaking later on i I mean literally i didn't even know how to use a camera when i fell into it but i kept saying oh somebody should do a documentary about her somebody should do a documentary and she was also she was wanting to do a book and she had a, she put some stuff out. She'd talked to some people and it just didn't quite, uh, it, it didn't quite gel. She hadn't found the right person for the book. And, you know, she thought she had all the time in the world. You know, that's like we all do. Oh, you know, I'll work on that later. I'll, I'll do that later, whatever. And then finally what happened was uh, when she was going to have the surgery that you see in the film, you know, I, somebody, this, this is a one-time chance. Like I need to shoot this. So I borrowed a camera from somebody, you know, like a DSLR, you know, it looks like a photography camera. And I literally took that into a hospital and, you know, I didn't ask them. I just kind of took it in and I was kind of holding, you know, trying to be, you know, sly and gorilla style about it. But that's kind of how, how it all started. Like she was going to have that surgery and I knew that it had to be captured. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how, how, the actual documentary started some of the stuff that uh, is in the movie that you that that you obviously came across i mean it, it really feels like again not to be sort of corny but it really does feel like her her early life feels like the life of a movie star if you were writing a biography i oh, mean again yeah. the, the performing for the emperor of japan and then like she's the vegas showgirl and she you know kind of like brushes up against the manson family i mean it's all this stuff and, you know, like we were talking about the order of how you did it. I mean, as you're, as you're going, you're pouring through all this stuff. I mean, yeah, was there some part of your, I mean, you said that she was obviously preparing for a book. So she was in the business kind of in the mindset of archiving this stuff. But I mean, I would imagine there were a lot of people that you, that out there would want a documentary made of their life, but they didn't think to archive all this stuff. Oh, and there's yes. not all this footage of her on the Merv Griffin show and all this stuff. So like you, so as you're watching all this stuff, I mean, 
I guess, um, as a director, how did you start to decide what to leave in, leave in and leave out? Because as you said, it went from a feature to a short. I mean, you, there must have been tons of stuff that you were like, oh, man, this has got to go for length. But, man, this would be so cool for people to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, she she's just that person. She She's just kept archives. I don't think, you know, she's done it her whole life, basically. The stuff from Vegas, like, she just has stuff. So I, it was, you know, it was just something she did, which was lucky for me because, I, like I said, it was, it was an archive of just all this great stuff that you wouldn't be able to find. Again, like the home movies, those things are great. The, um, I mean, I, I literally scanned 1,600 pictures, <laughs> articles, you know, interview, like anything she had. I scanned everything that... I knew it could be important, you know? So especially when you got into, I mean, all the Vegas stuff, you wouldn't leave the stuff that we have. I mean, she has, I mean, just her and like showgirl outfits, like, you know, just behind, you know, like, like messing around with the other girls and stuff like that. Like, it's pretty crazy. But I, I mean, there were people that I interviewed that they ended up not making it. I mean, I wanted them to like so bad, so badly, like Alex Rocco, if you know who Alex Rocco is, he was sure Mo Green, yeah, and <laughs> the Godfather. Like Alex, I mean, he just gave me an amazing interview, and he was—you just fall in love with him. Like saying all this nice stuff about Valerie, and you know, he's like, "I've worked with J Lo. I've, I've worked with." He's like, "I've worked with the, you know, the top people. I've worked with J Lo." I don't. And they're like, "They're no Valerie Perrine." <laughs> I mean, but he went through and said all this great stuff, but. And I had him in like for so long. And then it was like, oh, okay. He doesn't really get into any of this other stuff. Okay. And I was like, I can't just have him in that opening part, like saying something great about her. Like, and then, then you don't see him again. You know, it just mm-hmm. feels weird. If, if somebody pops up, then you don't ever see him again through the documentary. And you kind of like, what happened to that person? But like, mm-hmm. there were a few, like there were a few people that, that didn't make it. Um, Oh, hold on. What's his name? Uh, Elliot Gould. I had like a piece of him. Uh, he didn't make it. I had some, st- I mean, Dick Van Patten, he's in archival stuff, but I had a, I had a little interview with him uh, and it just didn't, it just didn't quite fit in anywhere, you know? So there were some things that didn't make it. Um, but the reason it went from being a feature to being a short was I didn't want it to be a feature and then it'd be thin in spots. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want people to lose, you know, how you're watching something sometimes and, once you start to lose interest, if it if it starts to to lose you, it kind of affects the whole movie, you know, the whole mm-hmm. rest of the movie. And I just thought, as a short, it would be a lot more powerful. And uh, I, you know, from what everybody that's seen it said, they, you know, they it's, it's powerful. Oh yeah, yeah, I I I definitely agree. I I think uh, I I mean I I can see why you made that decision. Uh, I mean it's. And again, it, it is such a natural, I mean, that footage of you've got her behind the scenes from the set of Slaughterhouse-Five, uh, when she says, uh, you know, I do what George asked me to do, and if that's acting, you know, she literally just came from Vegas to this this role and was just like literally a natural talent in the acting field, which is, it's just amazing. I mean, it, it literally is like a a Hollywood story that happens to take place in Hollywood. hundred <laughs> percent. Like her, like her life, like, as you guys have seen it, 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 it is like 
an, a book. It's like somebody made her up. Literally, <laughs> you know, the whole, the, you know, going to Japan after World War II, you know, because her father was sent to help rebuild the Japanese economy, her becoming like a little Shinto dancer, like that piece. But then, you know, then it goes to her being in Arizona. You know, she graduated high school, went to college for like maybe a quarter semester. She wasn't into it. She wanted something more. She went to Vegas and knocked on backstage doors until somebody gave her a job. And then she ended up being, you know, becoming a pretty big deal in Vegas in the end. And then like the movie star thing, you know, she was at a dinner party on the phone, being funny and quick-witted and snappy. And there was an agent there. And he goes, who's that girl? And this was, I mean, when I say it was like a small dinner party, you know, it was probably like six or eight people or something. It wasn't like a big party. They're like, oh, that's Valerie. She gets off the phone. He's like, Montana Wild Hack. And he, she's like, what? Hmm. And he goes, you know, well, they're looking for this. They're looking for somebody for this movie. And I think you'd be perfect. Are you an actress? And she said, no. And he's like, do you have a, do you have a headshot? <laughs> this is, you'll love this part. She's like, the only, the only photos that I have are topless from Vegas. <laughs> he gives her, she gives him one of those. He gives it to the head of casting at Universal Studios, who's doing the movie. Uh, Monique James is the lady's name. She has a toothache and she has to go to the dentist. So she takes, you know, a stack of headshots with her to go where she can still work while she's, you know, waiting for the dentist. She comes across Valerie's topless photo. The guy sitting next to her goes, who the hell is that? She said, exactly. You know, they call her in. Her audition apparently was horrible because... The casting person wanted their girlfriend to get the role, so they were giving all these other women bad bad direction. But what helped Valerie get the part was you were supposed to come in a in a two piece bathing suit, and she didn't have one. She she she'd been in the south of France, so she had a piece of Vegas gear where the you know where the boobs were cut out. So she goes in like that, and she's not shy. She doesn't think anything about you know, being topless and the other girls are either shy or they're trying to, you know, stick their chest out or whatever. So she literally got it like that. And she just literally, she was a natural. She was there a few days and they offered her a, a contract at universal. And that was the whole start of it. I mean, let's put it this way. When the bell rang, you know, when to start the day, you know, before the, before, you know, your scene or whatever, the bell rang. She was like, what was that? She had no idea how the movie industry works. You have that, there's that uh, part of the movie where you get that telegram from Bob Fosse, where oh, he said yeah. she was the best actress that he had ever worked with. And it's like, for anyone who knows anything about Bob Fosse, like he didn't mince words, you know, <laughs> like no. if, he, if he didn't like you, <laughs> he let you know. And it's like, that's just such an amazing piece to find, for, you know, what an amazing compliment for him oh. to pay her. I mean, that's just, again, it's extraordinary. 100%. I mean, that, I mean, again, that's another person that, some, you know, unless you're, a, 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 you know, like a cinephile or just, you know, just a lover of movies or dance, a lot of people don't know who Bob Fosse is now, mm -hmm. you know, but back the 70s, 60s and 70s, you know, Bob Fosse was, was huge. But yeah, for him to say that to her, you know, what a huge compliment. And also, you know, where it is in the, in the, in the documentary, you know, what comes right before that, you know. Oh, you know, when she's talking about the Oscars and she just kind of was like, eh. 
You're just gonna think. <laughs> I didn't really ever think, you know, pay that much attention. You know, that whole piece, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's who she is. That's the thing. That's who Valerie is. Like she doesn't she doesn't she never took life seriously. I mean, not not that she didn't care about it, but she didn't one of her things she I don't I can't remember if it's in the documentary now or not, but you know, she would say Whatever is going to happen tomorrow, I, I don't think about that. I, and whatever has already happened, I don't think about that either. I'm, I, I'm in the moment. This is what's happening right now. Tomorrow, that may change to something else. I don't know. But she's always in the moment. So, yeah, she's like, you know, like that part. She's just like so honest. Anybody else that answered that question, you know, they would have been like, oh, because they're actresses and they, this is the biggest, biggest award they could get. And she just kind of was like, eh. Yeah, I mean, her sense of humor, uh, you know, about her career comes through in the documentary. And then I also think you really capture her her sense of humor and her her ability to live in the moment through her condition as you chronicle her uh, struggles with Parkinson's and, and essential tremor. Uh, and was that something that, that you wanted to show in the film that her – the 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 fact that she come at this with the humor and the the ability to adapt the way she did oh 100% you know i wanted to i wanted to capture her spirit cuz it's the same spirit i think her whole life from the beginning on she had she has this spirit you know that just you know it, it, you can't you can't beat her you know things are down she's not really going to be down you know what i mean she has a positivity about her that that I think exudes and, you know, helps her get through things. Um, one of the, one of the things I, you know, when I, cause the first stuff I shot was Parkinson stuff, like that surgery and, you know, like what you see in that Parkinson section, like that mm. whole beginning thing. Like I shot all that. That was the first stuff I shot, you know, like her and her, her, and her makeup at the, at the mirror. I, that was literally the first thing I, I shot cause that was right before the surgery. And I think that was, all that footage just came out beautifully and just honest because we're just talking and she's trying to do her makeup, mm-hmm. you know, but I, we talked about it. And one of the reasons that, cause it is, it, you know, it really shows her struggles. You know, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, if something's going on with them. They get an illness or whatever. They, you don't hear about it or, and they kind of, it's word I want to say. Um, they kind of fade out of the limelight a little bit. And then, you know, later on you hear, oh, they're suffering from this and it passed away. You know, you, you don't see a lot of people going head on and showing showing the rawness that, that Valerie did. And what I was saying is one of the reasons she, she decided to do this was anybody out there that's going through any kind of health struggle, be it Parkinson's or ALS or cancer, anything, or, or even just, or mental illness or anything, even just, just people having a, like going through a hard time in their life. She wanted them to see this and let them know that they're not alone. You know, if this stuff can happen to anybody, you know, you don't, you know, here, she's a movie star. She's got it too. It just, it, it can happen to anybody, but she wanted people to maybe take away some of her spirit, some of that positivity, you know, the things even though they're bad, they're not as bad as they could be. You know, she, she wanted it to be able to help somebody, hopefully. And that's, that's one of the reasons that she was cool about doing it. 
she didn't put any uh, restrictions on what you could shoot because some of the stuff you get is I, I will admit like it was tough to watch, you know, because okay. Parkinson's is a cruel disease. I, I got to see it somewhat uh, up close. I had a, a, one of my beloved great uncles had it and, you know, I am mm-hmm. old enough to remember the kind of what he was like before he had it and then getting to know him after. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard because he, it's, it was hard for him to communicate and you could see that he wanted to communicate and he couldn't because his body just wasn't cooperating. Now, Valerie's not in that position. She's always kind of very crystal clear throughout the movie, like the gag yeah. with the soup and stuff, you know, all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, is very yeah, funny. Yeah. But I mean, did, yeah, yeah. She, did she, she just paint, kind of gave you carte blanche? was like, just, you can shoot, but you could shoot? Yeah, I shot everything. I mean, I, because again, we live, you know, like a block away from each other. Like I'm there all the time. So I would just, you know, like I, I, could, I would just shoot whenever. Or if there was stuff, like if I was, at certain points I might, I might get somebody else um, to ask questions like my friend EG Daly. Are you guys familiar with EG? The actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. EG is one of my really, really dear friends. And, um, and so I said, Hey, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to interview Valerie, but I want, I want to like, I'm, I want a female's point of view. I want a female asking her questions because you know, that way there's a, there's a different thing than I might ask. So we did one day and, and, you know, EG was talking to Valerie and asking her all these great questions. And so, you know, that was really cool. Um, but, no, Valerie was really, like, she was cool with everything. Um, she didn't say I couldn't shoot anything. Um, you know, I mean, come on, like, again, the surgery stuff, when you yeah. see all that, you know, that, and it is, it, it is hard to, um, I mean, I've lived it. I was there, you know. So, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it's not too bad for me to see it. But I know it is a surprise to some people. And but again, you want to put that spotlight on. This is what this is. It's it's a cruel it's a cruel disease. You know, it it, it robs it literally robs whoever gets it of slowly is the you know part of the thing. It takes all the things like like you're known for. Like again, her you know, here she is, one of the most beautiful women in the world. One of you know an amazing actress. Her body, her the way she moves, you know all these things, and slowly all those things are are taken away from you. You know, it's stripped away from you, and then you're you know you're as you see you know she you know you, you're stuck in bed. But yeah, Parkinson's is a bitch, man. But no, I'm, um, she was cool. Like you know, I mean, there never was any time she was like, oh, maybe don't show that or whatever. Like. Like there's one part when I go in and she's getting out of bed, you know, that part it's in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was during that, right after that surgery. And I stayed at her, her apartment with her for two weeks. I was there every night cause I didn't want her to be alone, you know, cause she had brain surgery and you know, I don't even, I, I remember, you know, coming down and like, I don't, I don't know why I took the camera down. Because I, I, you know, I, I guess I heard her moving around. I, I don't really remember how I did it, but literally, I walk in and I caught that shot. Which, it, you know, looking at it, it's sad because you're seeing this her going through something. But as a filmmaker, you know, it's like, oh fuck, man, this is this is a golden nugget. You know, there's all those things that here's where it's tough. As somebody that's super close to you. And to watch them go through these things, it's really, it's hard, you know, with anybody, you know, it's just, it's just hard to see somebody 
struggling with something, you know, and it, it, it really, you know, really hits you, you know, it really, it's just, it's, it's just, it's painful. But on the filmmaker side of it, you know, certain things, you, you had that other thing where your mind is, that's gold. That's amazing. Oh, this is so good. So you have this weird kind of struggle going on within you, you know? And I, I, I guess since you had, since she uh, said, you know, you could film anything, I guess when you had, I would, I would suspect you having the camera and having it, you know, filming just kind of became second nature when you, I, I'm sure you probably have like hours and hours and hours of footage um, just uh, that, that I, of course couldn't make it into the film, but just because I, I would guess you almost filmed everything at, at a certain point, right? Uh, I filmed a lot just because, I mean, the film from me, the beginning till now that it's kind of out, you know, mm-hmm. that was seven years. I, wow. I didn't, I didn't shoot like every day or anything like that, but you know, again, the hospital stuff at the beginning, the surgery stuff, you know, I shot that and, you know, I got a lot of other footage in there and then starting, uh, when I started reaching out to get interviews with people, you know, again, I, I kind of took my time, but getting interviews, some of them came super easy and then other ones, you know, somebody would be, somebody would say, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it. But I'm going to do a movie for a month. Get in touch with me then. Okay. And then, you know, chasing people down. So some of that stuff, uh, that stuff took a while, but yeah, I mean, I shot her a lot. Uh, again, sometimes I'll be like, Oh, Hey, let's, 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 I'm going to, let's just, I'm going to ask you some questions today. I mean, I would go through, especially when I was going through all the stuff I scanned. Sometimes I'd just set the camera up and I'd be like, Oh, who's this? What's going on in this picture or whatnot? Just to try to get some, uh, you know, just try to get some other, other sound bites and stuff from her to see, you know, what, 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 what you come up with, you know? You had a lot of great people in the movie. I mean, a lot of the people that she's worked with. I'm racking my brain trying to figure out where, how she knew Dick Van Patten. I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what project that might have been. But like, go ahead. Like, I, I can tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. what, what, what was that? I'm dying to find out what that was. Okay. How she knew Dickie. That's what everybody calls him. That knows him. <laughs> I don't know if she knew him right before this or not, but she dated his son, Nels Van Patten. And um, you see him in the documentary and he's, you know, he's younger than Valerie. This is when she started dating younger guys, but they, they dated and, and she's, the Van Pattens are like family. Mm. I mean, they're, I mean, with Valerie, they're like super close. Um, we used to go after I met her, we used to go and have Thanksgiving. They have a big Thanksgiving every year. So I used to go, uh, she and I would go and do that with them. But yeah, she did. I mean, she was just super close with the Van Pattens, you know, for, from me, especially when she was dating uh, him, but just forever. That's, that's like her extended family, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, you had Thanksgiving with the eighties enough family. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, here's the thing. The Van Pattens, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're one of those, Hollywood kind of royalty things, you know, because mm-hmm. they've been around so long. I got to tell you, their Thanksgivings, anybody and everybody will, will be there because they know everybody. But it's also <laughs> a lot of, you know, it'll be like people, you know, it may be like a bunch of people from like the the 70s and stuff that you know from TV shows or, 
you know, because they knew everybody. I mean, you know, like Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, I was about to say, mm-hmm. certainly Mel Brooks. Um, but all these people, and like all of a sudden people show up because, again, all, you know, the sons all, you know, acted some and, you know, they married actors and all this stuff. So it's just this, it's just this web of, of these weird connections in Hollywood. One day we were there, uh, well, one, one Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden this girl comes in and she's, Corner. Oh, hi, hi, I'm Debbie, I'm, I'm Deb, or whatever she was saying. And um, she gets over to Valerie, and Valerie's like, oh, hi, I'm Valerie. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know, we did a movie. And it was Debbie Gibson. <laughs> I was like, what? Huh? But it's, you never know. And they know everybody. You know, they knew, they knew the Deloises. Like, <laughs> and they know everybody. So it's it's it was fun to always go to those things, just because you're going to, you know, you're going to meet uh, really cool, interesting people, especially again, if you're like in our age group, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, there's so-and-so from the seventies or from that show or that show or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was saying that it's amazing. Some of the people you got it. I mean, Jeff Bridges pops up in this and of course, relevant to our specific interests, you've got a lot of Superman people. And you've written, uh, yes. The, the recently late Richard Donner is, is in it. And Sarah Douglas is great in it. Uh, I mean, so it's great just to see, you know, the Superman family uh, represented there. Um, when you were when you were kind of getting ready to do it or you were going through all of her 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 papers. I mean, obviously, outside of like the emperor of Japan, <laughs> was, was there was there somebody that like you you she revealed to you that she knew or that you saw, you know, some documentary, uh, you know, some piece of footage or, or, or a, a photo that you're like. How do you know them? Well, I mean, yeah, there were certain things when, you know, you know, there's a picture of her at Studio 54 and it's like Cher and Rod Stewart and all these <laughs> people. I'm like, but you forget, I mean, she, she used to have these parties when, you know, her movie star house or movie star parties in the seventies, everybody would be there. I mean, everybody you could think of, every movie star would come because they were movie star. They knew, they all knew each other. So she knew everybody, but, you know, she was super uh, close with, um, um, hold on, Larry Hagman. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I mean, well, of course, was in Superman. Superman. But, I mean, they were, like, super close friends, and there's pictures of them. I mean, I've got I've got Polaroids and stuff from when they were shooting in, in Canada. Like, I've, I've got, like, her and Dick and, 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 uh, and Larry Hagman, like, all this stuff. It's crazy, but what, and I did want to, I wanted to, cause one thing people, a few people have been like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't get all of her movies in. I'm like, well, you really can't, but you know, I got, you know, the first movie she did and then Superman's huge, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother world. And then I threw, you know, can't stop the music's in there because it's just such a weird, interesting, <laughs> fun movie. You watch it now and it's great. You watch it when she did it and she said it ruined her career, you know? But, you know, again, like, again, back to the Superman stuff. I mean, come on, like Richard Donner. I mean, I went through that after he passed away, you know, before this drop. He was just such a nice guy. I didn't have much time with him. Like, literally, I got there and it's like, you got 15 minutes, kid. And that's like, and I still had to set up my equipment. And I shot it all. This is all me. I shot everybody you see. Like, I did all, all that by myself. Um, like, he was great. Sarah, if. Every, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys talked to Sarah Douglas or not. Oh, she's great. Like she's one of our really close friends. Uh, so funny. Yeah, there's so many great people. And I'll throw out 
a con- the connection too. Andrea Brooks, who's Miss Teschmacher on Supergirl, right? She's mm-hmm. the first. She's the first uh, one after Valerie, but I became really good friends with her, and you know, and, and like she knows Valerie now, and you know, she was in town when I shot her, and she was just so great. And, you know, then I took over and introduced her to Valerie. And it was this, you know, I, it wasn't something to, you know, that I shot or anything, but it was literally this passing of the torch. Mm. I don't think there could be a better, uh, a better, this test mocker for, you know, in right now in this time, you know, like she's great. I, you know, we love her. Like she's amazing. But yeah. Like you got Stacy Keach, Lonnie Anderson. I mean, come on, Lonnie Anderson. Hello, <laughs> George Hamilton, Angie. Dick- I mean, all those people, Angie Dickens, and it's pretty crazy. I mean, I look at who all I got. You know, I, I'm surprised sometimes. Like, oh fuck, you know, I got, I got icons on here. You know, yeah, I saw that uh, David. Uh, you have David Arquette, and I saw that he was actually a, a producer uh, on the film yeah. as, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, Valerie, Valerie's two of Valerie's best friends are two sisters. And one of them, her daughter is, well, now she's married to David. But okay. she was dating David back, way back then. And that's how I got to know all those. They're like family, you know? They've, you know, so we, you know, I got to know David and Christina, like, really well. I knew Christina first. Uh, but David's great. Um, actually, uh, I, I'm, I was a producer and I popped up and, the documentary, if you haven't seen it, you cannot kill David Arquette. Oh, that's that just came out, right? Not that long ago. Uh, yeah, it dropped like actually almost a year ago, but it's on Hulu. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out because it's about his return to professional wrestling hmm. after 20 years. I mean, he won the belt because he was uh, promoting Ready to Rumble, that crazy wrestling movie. <laughs> but he won the belt and the wrestling community hated him the fans hated him they would spit on him and this wasn't just for the two weeks he had the belt this is till this was always for years and then he decided he wanted to earn the respect of the fans and the wrestling community so he really went and learned how to wrestle he, he almost dies in the movie it's crazy you should oh, check it out I'll, yeah. I will <laughs> yeah but David's great David's like you know, he's a, he's a super sweet guy. And then you, you see that uh, in his stuff in the documentary, I think, especially um, that last, uh, not the credit part, which the credits are that all those little well-wishers clips that pop up in the credits. Mm-hmm. I love those. But that last thing that David says, you know, uh, near the end of the film, you know, about her, it's just, you know, it's, it's very heartfelt. He's a really sweet, sweet guy. I I did want to ask you something, Stacey, about sure. about uh, Valerie as an actress. But before I get to that, I I kind of have a, a a preamble to it because it's one of my favorite things. Have you listened to the commentary track that Richard Donner and Tom Mankiewicz did for Superman? That's on the DVD. Have you ever listened to that? Oh, the original. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I have. I know I have Superman here because I I actually I just watched it the other day. No, I, I, did they talk about Valerie or something? Yes, they do. It's it's highly entertaining, and and over the course of all the iterations of Superman movie minute, Chris and I have done, I refer to it constantly. Yeah, because oh, it wow. is my favorite commentary track of all time. It's like two awesome, cool uncles who just happen to have made one of the greatest movies of all time, telling oh. stories. But there's this moment where 
uh, when they come on, they talk about that they were originally trying to going to get um, Anne Margaret to play Miss mm-hmm. Tessmacher and Goldie Hawn, and the the Saul kinds wouldn't wouldn't spend the money, and there was schedule. But there's a part where you know Valerie as Miss Tessmacher is talking, <laughs> and the commentary goes quiet for like a half a beat, and you just hear Richard Donner say. She was really put together. <laughs> and it's this, this, like, it's so genuine because you can hear it, like, it's occurring to him in the moment. And it's like, this is someone he's worked with. And he just says it like that. And the reason I'm bringing up that story at all is you mentioned something about Valerie earlier on, which I found really fascinating. And you talk, you know, it comes up in the movie where she really lived in the moment. Like, she was really very kind of zen almost jedi like you know it was like don't worry about tomorrow don't think about the past live in the moment and enjoy the moment and and live in that you know just be present yeah and one of the things that i have always heard about actors where they say like spencer tracy as used to say you know the great spencer tracy like what made you a good actor is reacting is being in the moment is being present and not kind of waiting for the other person to stop talking so you can start to talk. Mm-hmm. It's be present, be really do it, be there in the moment. And it's kind of amazing that Valerie comes to her acting career with no real preparation, you know, no training. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she was on stage, but, but no preparation to be an actor. And yet she is able to hold her own with some of the heavyweights in acting. Dustin Hoffman, Gene Hackman working for Bob Fosse, uh, the village people. No, not the village people. But like, <laughs> you know, but it's like, I mean, if, yes, we, we all, uh, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. we all know that, that Valerie uh, in the seventies was one of the most gorgeous women to ever appear on film, but you, there's, you got to have more than that because Hollywood is full of gorgeous people. And if mm-hmm. you don't have substance, you're just a pretty face and you're forgotten. I guess what I'm wondering is like, were you able to suss out, was it something about the way Valerie ran her life that helped her have that movie star presence? Because man, again, aside from just how gorgeous she was, you kind of can't take your eyes off of her, even if she's not doing anything in any particular scene. And to me, that that's the hallmark of a real movie star. Oh, a hundred percent. I think, I think with her, I think it, there's a thing too, when you're around somebody, there's people who are actors and they're, they're actors, right? But then there are people who are really movie stars. Yeah. You know, like, again, like, there's something, you, you, George Hamilton, you hang out with George Hamilton or you see him, it's like, oh, he comes into a room, they have this thing, this magnetism, there's this electricity to them. And Valerie definitely has, has that and, and had it. But I think some of her stuff was, again, besides, you know, the looks, she just had this personality that, she was funny. She wasn't like anybody else that you would meet. That was the whole thing. She, I mean, side note again, I guess, you know, she was the first topless uh, woman on American television. You know this, you know about that? No. (laughs) There was was that silence. So I was like, oh, they don't know about that. (laughs) There was a, uh, there was this play uh, called Steam Bath by Bruce J. Friedman. Because I always want to say Friedkin and that's the director. Um, and Friedman, I think that's his name. And, yeah, Bruce uh, J. Friedman, yep. Yeah, and he, um, so they did it on PBS, and it had Bill Bixby in it, who oh, okay. loved Bill Bixby, and it takes place in the steam bath kind of thing, but Valerie's in, in the thing, and she's showering, and she turns around just enough 
<laughs> so you'd see, you know, one of her breasts and she became the first, you know, topless woman on American TV. Um, but stuff like that, she, like, she didn't, things didn't hold her back. She didn't see things. There weren't limitations. You know what I'm saying? She just, whatever she did, she would just do it. And also one of her great attributes or, or strengths is, you know, she was lucky. She worked amazing directors of, of the seventies. Any, you know, you, you literally, she was, uh, I don't know if Bob Fosse said it or not. I think he might've said this too. She's like a sponge. If you, whatever you give her, she'll do it. She'll, she can do anything you want. You want her to cry, she'll cry. You want whatever you want, she can do it. But I also think that, you know, if you give her something, you know, put her with somebody, it's not great. Her performance won't be as great. She'll be good. But it's like, you know, it's, again, like when you have Bob Fosse and, and Dustin Hoffman and you're making a movie with those guys, you're going to be, you know, every, all those, all those uh, magical parts are going to come together and you're, you, everybody's going to make everybody else better, you know? I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of got off of it a little bit. Well, no, I mean, it said it, it's, it said it, there's something, I mean, these are all very powerful, dynamic men that she's working with. And yet again, she's able to sort of hold her own there. And that's not easy to do. There's lots of people who are again, really gorgeous on screen, but they're just forgettable. And yet she, I mean, again, I mean, Dustin Hoffman and Bob Fosse making a movie about Lenny Bruce on top of it, like heavy subject matter, you know, Mm -hmm. this is not lightweight stuff. 100%. Well, here's a good example of of what you're talking about. People that an actress can be in something and then they're, uh, they're fine, but then it's not memorable. Okay, think of the electric horseman. There she is with Robert Redford. I mean, come on, one of the biggest movie stars ever. You know, they have, what, I think two scenes or something together. It's, she's not in the movie very long. But she's so good. You don't forget her. You totally, that's, you, she's unforgettable. That's just who she is. But a, a side note, you were just saying, you know, she worked with all these powerful men. And, you know, she was so, you know, just she held her own. And, and you know, you didn't always see that. She was doing a scene in Electric Horseman, and I guess maybe she had to, I think it was a scene in Jane Fonda. I think, I don't remember the scene, but there's something about her and Jane Fonda, and Valerie was having trouble, and she couldn't figure out what the problem was. And Jane Fonda says, have you ever really acted with another woman? Valerie thought about it, and she's like, well, I mean, not really. She's like, well, that's what the problem is. It's, It's like you're so used to going up against these uh, you know, these powerful men, you know, you, it's, it's a different dynamic doing a scene with, you know, whatever their scene was, you know, just two women. So, wow. That's a hell of an observation on Jane Fonta's part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, oh, well, uh, here's another not, a little story since we're talking about Lenny. So movie was done shooting, hadn't come out yet. Valerie's in New York, you know, just on her own. She's just, you know, hanging out in New York doing whatever, she did in New York and you know Liza Minnelli's coming up and you know they're 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 walking the same direction you know they bump into each other basically and you know they knew each other already because you know Liza you know worked with Fosse and uh you know Cabaret and all all that stuff and um you know she's Valerie's kind of like stopping and like well you know wanting to talk and then Liza's like uh we got to keep moving I can't I can't I can't talk I'm sorry and she's like it wasn't she was being rude and she says she's like you're you're about to find out what this is like 
Because once you're a movie star, like she couldn't stop because if you stop, then every, you know, just people in the street are going to come up and I need, can I have your autograph? Can I da 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 da? Valerie still had anonymity at that point, but it all changed not long after that. But it was just an interesting thing. You're like, oh, I'll just say hi to my friend walking up the street. And it's like, no, we can't do that. Here's, here's movie star 101, 101. Here you go. <laughs> this, is your, this is your first piece of advice. And then, you know, after that, it never was the same. Yeah. That's, that's so amazing is that, you know, she did hold her own with these powerhouse actors, directors who all were her, tra- they were all trained in one way or another. I mean, they either went to, you know, acting school or they, they, you know, they came up through, uh, the, you know, they, they all did their due diligence and, you know, and, and she literally, she won the lottery. She won the lottery, but she held her own with them. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples of people who made it into movies. uh, And then, then, you know, how'd they get that part? And then they, you know, but obviously, and then they kind of disappeared, but obviously there was something, there was that, that, uh, that spirit that she had and that, uh, you know, as you guys both put it, that, that ability to live in that, in the moment, uh, that, that, that natural genuine, quality about her just came through on top of, of course, her being gorgeous, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Two things um, you made me think of one thing when she was doing slaughterhouse five, you know, this is the very beginning, right? You know, they haven't been filming long universal. They, they, they're like, you can't, you cannot go to an acting class. You, you don't, you don't need to train with anybody do because they knew if she started got, if she went to a class or something, it would mess up her natural ability. Cause you know, things would, you know, she had a certain way that she just did it and it was all natural. So they were like, you can't take an acting class. She never had an acting class ever. <laughs> never had one hundred percent natural. I will say she's got in, in virtual, all of her big movies, she has a real kind of glint in her eye of mm-hmm. life that you still see in this movie, even though she's a lot older and she's dealt with a lot of rough stuff. You know, like oh, you can yeah. sort of see the pilot light is still on there. You know what I mean? It's not, yes. she's still, I mean, she's dealing with a lot, but she's still, it's, you're still recognizable as that's, that's still Valerie Perrine uh, dealing with all these different, it's a very different context of what we're used to seeing her in, but she's still there. It's still the same person. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that, again, that's one of the things I wanted, I wanted to show. I mean, cause you know, like that part earlier on when she's eating, eating uh, the salad, you know, or, you know, she makes a joke, joke about the soup. I mean, and you see all that stuff that's in that thing. It's not like it's just some easy day, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's still more the beginning of what she, she goes through, but she still would crack jokes, you know, she would still be funny, you know? Um, and that's just part of who she was, you know, that's, that's, there's, it's just that magic. That's, uh, it's Valerie, you know? Mm. Well, what do you hope that viewers are going to take away from the movie ultimately? Uh, well, I really want, again, I want people to see her spirit and I want her to, I hope that they're inspired by the film again, just because of, you know, everybody goes through something and it all, how you handle that is, is what's most important, you know, but no, I, I want people to be inspired. And I also, you know, I want them to people that know, don't know Valerie you know, I'd like her to be introduced to a new audience and people that are fans, you know, to see where she's at, what she's doing, what she's been going through, 
again, I, I guess just more inspiration. You know, I, I, I didn't want her to be forgotten. Not that it's, you know, it's crazy because people be like, Oh, I, you know, I put some, uh, there's some stuff put up on, on, uh, like Twitter and stuff yesterday because, you know, about her Parkinson's and I put up a clip from the movie, you know, and I think she says something about, you know, I, 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 I didn't want people, I didn't want to just fade away. I think that's the line. And people were just, you know, saying, you know, you, you'll never fade away. You're never, Oh, we love you. So there's so much, an outpouring of, of love for her, you know? But yeah, I didn't want her, I didn't want, you know, her to, I, I, I didn't want her just to disappear, you know? Mm-hmm. And I also wanted this movie, like her last like film, like actual like acting role was a film called Silver Skies, which is great. George Hamilton's in it and uh, uh, Barbara Bain and uh, Mariette Hartley, like all these people. It's a really fun movie. And the director, Rose, uh, Rosemary Rodriguez is great. She does, she is an amazing female director. She does Walking Dead and all these amazing things. Um, but that was her last acting role. I wanted this film, I want this to be, this is the, the bookend to her career. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She has Slaughterhouse-Five. What an amazing start in, that, in, the, in, the, in the world of film. And this is something where it's, you know, it's on her terms. It shows her story. You know, I think it's a nice way to, uh, to end. And, you know, again, you see that spirit and, you know, she's still, you know, she's still a fighter. She's still, you know, she still has all that glitz and glam and everything, even though it may not be on the outside, all the things are still inside of her. Oh, definitely. And, I, and, I, and you definitely see it in the film. Definitely. You definitely do. So uh, where can people find the film? Where can they uh, watch it? Well, the film is right now it's uh, you can rent or buy it. And it's on uh, Vimeo, but the easy you can go to Vimeo and type Valerie Perrine in, or if you go to ValerieMovie.com, uh, there's a link right there for it. Okay. And on any of social medias of hers, like Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's posted and stuff. But I know it's in the bios and Twitter and Instagram, so it's there. But yeah, the easiest thing to do is probably just go to uh, ValerieMovie.com and uh, you can rent it or buy it. And it's like super inexpensive. That was another thing, you know, we didn't want to make it like some movies. I'll be like $10 or something. Like literally it's two ninety nine to rent and a dollar more to, to, to buy it. And then you, you can watch it as many times as you want. Um, and another thing I want to just throw in is um, uh, there's a GoFundMe for Valerie and that helps with, uh, you know, just some of her healthcare needs and things like that. It's, it's all about just helping, helping her with her, uh, with her Parkinson's. And the way to get to that is same thing. If you go to ValerieMovie.com, there's a link there and, uh, or you can go to GoFundMe and put Valerie Perrine in, but ValerieMovie.com will kind of get you to either one of those places. And again, everything goes to her to help her out. So Outstanding. So that's a perfect place to wrap this up. Uh, and normally, this is where Chris and I would be plugging uh, the other episodes of uh, Superman Movie Minute and the network. We're going to skip all that. And we're just going to end it here with plugging, plugging the movie. As Stacy just said, go to ValerieMovie.com and you can check out the movie. And then they said there's links to Valerie's GoFundMe page. Go check it out, everybody. Uh, it's great. It's, we, you know, we have precious few of the, the, the Superman family left with us. And so Valerie's still here and she's still active. And so go check out the movie, everybody. Um, Stacy, thank you so much for doing the show. 
And thank you so much for connecting this up to Valerie. It's just been an amazing thrill to talk to the real Miss Tessmucker. And thank you for making the movie. Oh, no, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the film. And uh, no, you guys are great. I love, I love everything you guys do. Yeah, you guys are the best. I mean, come on. Everything connected with Superman. I mean, I, I, I literally feel like I'm part of that world just because I'm so close to Valerie. It's, I feel like I had some little piece in the movie and I didn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Superman family is a very big and accepting group. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's one of the nicest things about it. You talk about how the, the actress who plays the new Miss Tessmacher is so connected to Valerie. And that's just wonderful. And we saw, like on Smallville, how many of the classic actors showed up on that show. It's yeah. just, there's something really beautiful about the Superman family that way. So, okay. so, so yeah, so let's wrap it up here. Again, everybody, go check out ValerieMovie.com and uh, let us know in the comments what you thought of the movie. And if you're on Twitter, and you probably are, go talk to Valerie. She's up there. She's going to go talk to Stacey. They're both on Twitter. They're very active, and it's, it's, it's a real honor to get to talk to her. So, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, go check out ValerieMovie.com. And uh, Chris and I will uh, see you later with more Superman Movie Minute. Bye. Why did you kiss me first? It, I didn't think you'd let me later. <laughs>